there, Shopamaniacs. You are listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave. No book yet. Rupert with me is Chris with the book Coyer. Hey, Chris, how are you? <laughs> another book, Chris. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Um, so I like the word book because it has like meaning that that is like, I don't know, I'm buying this like distinct thing that I have access to and can read. An artifact. Yeah. But in this case, it's the loosest definition ever. And so don't even you can't read it on your Kindle. You definitely can't read it um, with your with your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> like a print copy. <laughs> All I did was, so the book is called The Greatest CSS Tricks Volume 1. And part of it was because like, oh my God, it's been like 13 years of this website. I wrote a book about SVG and WordPress, uh, and they both were good in their own respects. Was, How have I not written a book about CSS? Part of it was like, there's a lot of good books about CSS already, and I'm not sure that I'm like, can have a lot to add to that party. That's starting to change a little bit because I think some of my favorites are now many years old. And you know what? Maybe I will tap that market at one point. But the idea for this book was different. This is not a intro to CSS book, it's the namesake of my website, CSS Trick. Which is funny because, you know, that site hasn't been about just about CSS tricks in a long time. But I still like CSS tricks. Gosh darn it. They are really appealing to me. I get a huge kick out of seeing a very clever CSS trick to this day. So the idea behind this was, let me pick out the ones that I think are just awesome. That are just like the, my, and there's 15 of them in there right now. I might chuck a couple of bonus ones in there to... And I also call it volume one because I might pick out another 15 and do another volume at some point. But what empowered me to do this was I was like, I'm not, I, you know, like publishers are amazing. Everybody should do that. But I'm not in the mood for that at the moment. And I like the satisfaction of essentially blogging. Fire up my comfortable editor that has all I've spent so much time getting... <laughs> my editor right, getting my Gutenberg set up really good. And it just feel like I like the writing experience on my own website. So I just wrote them as blog posts, but I've made them a custom post type in WordPress so that they're isolated there. They can be treated in their own special way. And then I put WooCommerce in front of it, which is a sponsor of this show. I don't even know if they're sponsoring this episode. I don't think so. But the, uh, the, you know, that way I could lock access to them. So you know, write 15 of them together, give them the same parent, lock them down behind a paywall, call it a book. Th that's what this is. So quote unquote book, you know, you sign up and you don't even buy the book. What you do on CS Tricks is buy our MVP um, upgrade thing, you know, like you're a supporter. It's called MVP supporter. I pull all the ads off the site. You know, you don't have to log into comments. I give you access to the book, a few other things, and then you got the book and presumably the next book we publish too. And it's 20 bucks a year, you know, big deal. And if you want to like print the PDF or something, go for it. There's a URL that just stitches all the chapters together in a huge long page. So you can go to that page, print to PDF. It's got a print style sheet and you could have it that way if you really cared to have it that way. But it's, you know, it's, I wouldn't call it low effort. I put a lot of stuff into this, but it's just, it's like blog posts behind a paywall. It's more like, that than it is an actual book. I I like the model. Um, I mean, longtime listeners will know I'm desperate to find something I can sell for ten dollars, and um, <laughs> I feel like you got it. But you don't. You like you're you're offering like a Patreon style buddy of the site, but you're also like giving like a reward or even even the like I'm not going to show you ads. Like that's kind of a cool. Right. A lot of people value that. So and there's not. some other advantages. I'm I you can't lose it. It's on the site. You can always just reference it. And then I can do stuff while I'm writing it that I can't do in a book. I can put embedded pens in there and you know, syntax highlighted code snippets that evolve with the site and links that you can actually click to other areas for more context and stuff. Things that you just can't do in a book. And I I like I like the internet, obviously. That's why I have this site. You know, I'm like embracing the internet with this writing style. I think just like vibes with me a little a little what bit about more. A book, a printed book, but it comes with a CD of some of the coolest code pens. <laughs> So it's got a cool, it's the coolest code oh page book. It's got a CD attached to it. Oh, that'd be great. You put in your CD-ROM drive. I will totally, I will export all this code, put it on a zip disk, and mail it to you right now. Yeah, I'll print it. I'll uh, 
DV, what CDR it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> can you even still do that? I bet there's, I bet there's literally thousands of people burning, burning a CD right now on Planner. I have uh, a friend gave me one because, like, to install Windows, you like you can use a USB key, but some people like have a disk for some reason. I guess not new Windows, but like old Windows. Like if you try to help your dad's like whatever webs old website or drivers sometimes come on CDs. But um a friend of mine gave me uh, my friend Paul gave me a CD reader, DVR read writer or whatever. So I have that, but we have a bunch of old, you know, albums and stuff like that aren't really on Spotify because they're like kind of weird indie yeah. stuff. Yeah. So. Heck yeah. Isn't that interesting like, that you, you th- I, sometimes you my brain thinks of Spotify as like the home of all music, you know, like there's, it's mm-hmm. just, if you're going to search for something, you're going to find it there. And it often is. I even look for old timey crap, you know, that, and I'm able to generally be satisfied by, it. but as far as like percentage of recorded music being available on it, it's like not even close to all of it. No, I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard to even say, well, and like, you know, it's, it's cool and it's efficient to pay $9 a month for Spotify, but it's just, I don't know. You just, you don't own any music. And then if Spotify goes away, you're like, oh man, what do I do with all my stuff? You know, maybe that's a problem you don't care about, but how? Yeah, I struggle though. It took me a long time to embrace Spotify and I'm not sure that I even have entirely yet. I don't always use it. I don't know. It's tricky, but, but I do kind of embrace the cloud thing generally, uh, you know, I was just reading a, an article recently that was really good. It was like, why Figma wins or something like that. Did that one cross your desk? Um, yeah, I'm not sure it did. Uh, I think it was, but it was about its like kind of web nature, right? And auto-saving. Yeah, something like oh. that. And it was, but it was also, it was about that and that, that being a browser first product, it's a, it's a, brilliant example of how that actually worked where it doesn't always for everybody but for them because it's so damn good really does work can use it cross-platform with everybody and but even more importantly that it's not like you just keep your documents in the cloud like it's all there you know the the to me that's the number one thing for figma to me which is great which is this reason i might like spotify too but like design documents are mine and the music doesn't feel mine yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it, Figma's cool because it is like it's all online. I mean, and I think it, the thing they said it was a, like it's the, one of the first collaborative design tools where right. there's a lot of tools, and that's enabled by the web nature, web yes. being a web first client. Whereas, like, you try to add multi-user editing into uh, in, into Sketch right now, like that would be hard. Uh, it may exist, but like you, right. you're adding in like. Now you have to have like a user client, like a multi, you know, you have to have like all this role based permission system that has established itself as the way to do things. Now think of how notion is documents are shared. It's gosh, darn brilliant, but it's, but it's also standard. It's like, here's a document. This person has access to this document in this capacity and it cascades if there's mm-hmm. some documents or something that it's, it's like a solved problem. It's just people need to actually do it well in their app. And you kind of can't do it well if it's not cloud by nature, you know, right. but, right. and then, and then because it's cloud by nature, there's this secondary effect with Figma. That's, it's kind of this viral nature within organizations and that they, you know, whatever you think of it, it's, 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 people use it it's done well is that it's not just collaborative with other designers it's collaborative for whoever it's collaborative with stakeholders or front-end developers that just need to see the design or whatever it's like oh what's that doc again here's the url for it boom i'm looking at it and i can just i can go into comment mode click on something leave comments and talk about design too so it's not just designers which leads to this kind of like usage loop within a company where once you're in you're in and then you're not sad about it either. It's awesome. You know, I, I was kind of hesitant against Figma, you know, as like, oh boy, another design app. But I think what I, there's things I like about it. Um, a client uses it, um, but all the designers have access to manipulate things. The developer, me, doesn't. So, so it can even lock out features, like certain features that may be good or bad, but like, you know, I can't like whatever move something around on the page accidentally and so that's a 
kind of a good thing. Like mm. uh, when I'm like trying to like grab whatever heading text or something, I can't just like slide something around or mess it up. So yeah. there's some cool things, I guess, you know, I just but. love it. I just love it, but I, but it is less featured, you know, once in a while you will find something that you have some kind of like memory or muscle memory or something with an Adobe app in my case where I'm like, Oh, I need to do this thing. And I just, am like, Oh, I don't feel like learning how to do it. And Figma, or maybe I can't. So I'll just use that other tool for it, which is a privileged position to be because if I need a design tool, I will just get access to it. I will get access to it right now. That will not be the thing that stops me today. I will buy my way out of that problem. You know, <laughs> you'll buy your way out of. Yeah. Well, I have platform problems. I can't just install Sketch. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But Affinity Designer, I use that. It was nine whole dollars. Nice. I That's a good my product way too. Out of that problem. I don't know anybody that uses it and doesn't like it. You know. Um, yeah, it's it's got the limitation thing though. It's it's mm-hmm. like the remember when like Pixelmator came out and it was like version one and it was cool, but also you couldn't do everything. So yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. I hear the new, the new Macs won't have bootcamp for uh, Cause I thought of, you know, you can't run Mac, but I can run windows. I have a copy of windows mm-hmm. and if I want to run it, I just click a button and it spins right up this parallels product. I forgot how good it is. It is fucking so nice. a super nice product. Um, Anyway, they're not a sponsor or anything. I just like how they have this thing called coherence mode where like your Windows apps are just in your dock. It, you don't even oh, see okay. Windows. You just click it and the Windows a Windows app comes up. It's like you don't it's not like locked in a box like it would be with VirtualBox or something where you're looking yeah, at the yeah. Windows desktop. It's like integrated together. It's so neat. I think it's neat. But uh I don't know if parallels breaks on these new ARM Macs or if it's just bootcamp, but I know bootcamp does not work anymore. Uh, yeah, I'd heard the like switch to arm is going to be pretty, pretty, I don't know, intense. I mean, and, and features like that, but what's weird is I wonder if it's the VM software problem because windows does run on arm. Now it's not the best, but it does. And okay. Um, but because it has problems, the Surface Pro X just mm-hmm. launched or last year, and it was ARM based. And then I think people were like, "This was an, this is an amazing product," but not all the software runs. So I think that's not to again make this an Apple podcast, mm-hmm. but I think that's where Apple's like, "We're going to take two years to transition." Is pretty smart to like kind of be like, "This is just this is the long plan to to get there." So sure. Um, I'm curious though how it all work. I'm curious like when maybe they already showed it or, or have it, but like you know how on iOS all you have like that files bucket or whatever, you know? Um, like do you have access to the operating system when these like iOS apps come into the main system? I don't I'm curious how that's all gonna work too when on Mac. So but that's kind of not a problem I have because we'll I don't see how painful it is. You know, I want to see the benchmarks and stuff too. I haven't bought a new laptop in a while. Not that I'm not exactly itching to either. I'm pretty happy, but it will be tempting when these new dropped for me to, 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 to take a look and then be like, what's the advantage? Does it, does it feel smoking fast with web development? It's always been like less, less exciting because all these, all this crap we runs is so single threaded anyway. It doesn't really take advantage of powerful computers. I'm, glad you said that this has been something i've been thinking about like i have a six core whatever i7 in this machine it's an intel processor uh and i've been thinking about like oh what if i went to like these ultra threaded ryzen thread ripper 16 32 core just bad mamma jammas you know uh and but i'm just like does that even will that even make a difference does npm or what eleven D utilize multi threading, you you know, workers and all that. I don't think we do, right? Like I don't think most JavaScript is programmed in a worker threaded fashion, you know? Mm. And, and I don't know how much of the or of of the like web developer tooling is multi threaded. I think it's mostly single threaded synchronous. I don't I don't really know though. So it's like Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't do a lot of like, I always think of it as micro waiting, you know, like it's the worst when you're on a computer where like every little thing you take, take there's like the little spinner or you gotta, like I still have it, for example, for opening Photoshop. For some reason it takes, I don't know, 20 seconds. I hate that. 
I hate it. Yeah. I want everything to be instant as much as I can. But if, if it's down to like one second, you start to get in this place where it's, it's like close enough that it's fine. But you can't imagine a future in which microwaiting is over on computers. It, you don't have it anymore. You ask it to do something, it does it. You know, that'll be great. But but uh, but I'd like to, you know, that's what you're buying. You buy some premium computer, those moments of microwaiting are really minimized and it can make you a better computer user. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know RAM makes a difference just because you have it already in memory, you know, the app right. you're trying to open and stuff like that. So, yeah, if I, you just have, have oodles and oodles of RAM, it's nice. But, you know, I think there's like whatever ancient computer laws like Bill and Andy's law where it just, the resources are going to get consumed by something, you know, like Mm -hmm. the minute you add another gig of Ram, Chrome is like, yes, thank you. I love Ram. (laughs) I know the web proves it so perfectly too, right? The, it gets, we theoretically computers get better networks get faster, all this stuff. And the net result is that things get slower. That was to, Scott had a great article on that. Didn't he? He was like, 5g is going to come here and websites are going to be slower. Just watch. Yeah, no, I thought it was kind of a, the argument is, is interesting because it's, if I'm recalling it, I, I, Scott, if I mess this up, I apologize. But the, the idea, right. Is like 5g hits. Oh my gosh, it is fast. And, and part of it is 5G's improvement is latency. So it's that waiting, that initial waiting. And so that's going to be faster. And then people are going to feel like, oh, we can just build a ship a bigger chunk, you know, initial chunk. But then the most people who aren't on 5G are going to experience a very big hit, you know, from that. So your average like metrics are just going to tank, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we're living in that period now where, Websites are largely designed for computers that are faster than, than than the average for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's, I mean, and I, it's my fault too. I have a very nice phone, a very nice iPad, a very nice supercomputer, <laughs> gaming rig that runs at 240 hertz. It's my part of the problem, you know. And I build like websites, so I don't know. That's why I hedge. I over hedge though with my minimalism. And maybe this goes into old Sarah Drasner's awesome post, uh, the fussiness of websites there. <laughs> but uh, so jealous in, of her writing. Isn't it amazing? She just hits the nail on the head sometimes. And then, and then that article, it just struck with a lot of people and just got linked to forever. And I'm like, oh, God bless Sarah. She's amazing. <laughs> well, she, she, what I like, it came from like a cooking article about like why. Uh, the case for a fussy breakfast or something, you know, like here's why you should just like have a weird tool to open, crack open an egg and why you should whatever, make the bacon and the egg and do all the, you know, get out 10 pans and, and make a big dumb breakfast just cause, and because Corona basically, because everyone is just, you just need to do something. And so make a coffee in some weird way that, is overly complex. Don't, you know, take time to do that. That life's too short to mm-hmm. just whatever, uh, just have bad coffee, I guess. But I, I thought that was very, I don't know. I, I like that she pulled from that, like totally tangential cooking article into the web. Um, just cause I don't know. I I've written something like this a long time ago. Um, called light frames, great content where I, I don't know. I'm trying to marry that idea that she, she was struggling with too, that the, 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 the more we focus on these lighthouse metrics and stuff like that, the more just kind of like we're sucking the life force out of the web, right? Like we're, we're, we're industrializing it further. We're, we're just taking all the fun and animation. And so like, unless you can like justify the kilobytes in the 60 FPS of your animation, it doesn't even, you know, like, it, it brings no value unless it's it's like completely fast and zero weight and stuff like that. So I, th- I think she just makes a great article, of, uh, great case to be like, hey, look at what we're doing. Sometimes you just want to make a like silly, over elaborate thing. Just go for it. <laughs> I tend to agree. I, I I'm also in the performance mindset, so I, I have trouble marrying that you know so that's true but they don't have to be at odds they just are sometimes they're just ten- they just uh, they're 
yeah, they're tangentially related, but more so than we'd like sometimes. So, you know, you, I don't know. I get, put yourself in a good situation to do these things, you know? Like, I, I'm not as, you know, as silly as I'd like to on CSS Tricks, but I'm in a good place where I, I just can be at any time. I'm not fighting the tech. I'm working with the tech. I'm, I'm comfortable with how the whole site operates. So I'm kind of in this spot where, and, it, you know, it's I'm not, I'm not also trying to impress anybody with the metrics. And it's just when you're in a situation like that, it kind of opens up doors. Like, if I want to make a funky ass header that's what i can do because I, <laughs> I just i have the control i have the knowledge i'd not you know the, the systems that support it are there you know i think i feel like i'm bringing this up because i think you can put yourself in a position to be like the sites that that sarah does you know part of it is just stopping caring a little bit and some of it is like you don't it doesn't mean that the site has to be anti-metrics or anti-success in any way yeah well in you know, CSS tricks is probably a great example. Like you, it's, it's a workhorse blog. Like it has to post, you know, dozens of posts a week, right? Like, you know, you can't be like, I'm going to do a bespoke homepage for every single blog post, you know, like that, that's, I guess you could, but you'd bankrupt yourself pretty quickly and, and just feasibly it's probably very hard. Um, but you know, but, inside the article you've found a way that you can play um inside the article and i think that's cool so in in your article templates you're not just stuck with like boring articles that always look the same always you know yeah we have that door it's pretty cool This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by An Event Apart. Now, I think it's fair to say that this is a pretty weird year for conferences. An Event Apart is an in-person conference that is the best in the business. And so they've adapted, of course, being the great conference organization that they are, to bring that conference greatness to online events uh, until the in-person events can come back. And they've absolutely been doing that and knocking it out of the park. This is the most um, uh, uh, one that you need to, to get involved with right away. Coming up July 20th, it's called Human-Centered Design. And it's still a limited capacity event, you know, bringing you the best quality they can here. Uh, uh, and it's kind of takes place uh, in the central time zone. You know, the time zone-wise, it's going to probably work out best in the U.S., but you can attend it from anywhere, of course. Uh, and it's 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 a conference, you know, to focus on all the users of your site, not just some idealized average, as they say. So that's the theme of the conference is like, build websites that work for everybody, which is a tremendous goal. And it shouldn't just be a goal. It should be a fundamental part of how all websites are built. So go to it. Learn from it. Take notes. Let it seep in. Then just become a part of what you do. You're going to be better for it. Again, that's human-centered design from Event Apart, an online conference coming up July 20th. Uh, uh, Please go. You won't regret it. Hey, do you remember um, on a totally different, this is some old, old crap. I'm still playing my my mud day. I'm so into it. Oh, this yeah? new game. Love oh, yeah? it. Yeah, it's fun. But now I'm into the you know, I'm trying to like figure out like what are all the different ways that people like extract enjoyment out of this game? You know, like I can learn this and learn this and get involved over here and stuff. But part of the thing I'm realizing is that I enjoy the tech of it too. Um, just so th- this is how it works, like I I think, you know, it's kind of like SSHing into a server these muds they're mm-hmm. like you connect to a port and like just data just starts streaming at you and then you type in commands and you affect things that are that are happening there now i don't know how it works but you do have access to it it's not proprietary it's not totally locked down you have to authenticate and you're authenticating your account and then you like pick a character that you're playing or whatever and then you're in and i know this because there's an open source project that um called lich that you connect to the to the game and lich is like generic it works for a bunch of different muds i think but the idea is that it intercepts that network funnel and it can do interesting things the po- the main point of it is that it 
enables scripting and that's such a big deal is that you have to, you, you want to be able to like write a script for the game you know it's a little bit like setting up aliases like you can in bash or or whatever you know like alias this to this and then it will run those commands for you and that makes the game more fun because you're kind of customizing it yourself i'm getting a kick out of this but the client is so bad like it to get lich working with because then you also need a ui like you can't actually just sit there and ssh and play the game like that's no good you need a client too yeah yeah so there's a mac client for it that's a miracle it still runs that's why i'd be nervous to upgrade laptops because i feel like it'll be the final version where they just stop supporting the app you know (laughs) but this guy that wrote lich wrote another app too called Profanity, but it runs on this thing called Ruby Curses. Have you ever heard of Curses? It's like a... No. It's a... uh, It's like if you want to build a UI in a terminal, it does that. You know, like... I don't know, like a... okay. It doesn't doesn't scroll. It's like gives you like little windows inside of your terminal. What's an example? uh, I'm, you know, like a... Sort of like Yeoman or something like that, where it would like be like give you like dialogues like do you want to x y or z or something like that what is it kind of like that or, uh, or it gives you like no frames? but i know what you mean it's like frames it's like so it's it, like, like your your terminal yes like that like tmux but okay. it's like for you 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 know you you configure it with like an XML file. Like I want this crap up in these quadrants and the, this crap over here. And then and then it, it updates automatically. So you never scroll when you're in a curses environment. It just it just co- is constantly updating. Or if you want scrolling, it's got its own little like page up, page down key scrolling that you have to use instead. Because it's constantly oh, wow. repainting the terminal. It like clears, repaints, right. clears, repaints, you know. So this guy made a, a client for the game in Ruby curses, which is really cool too, but it just kind of proves that this is all kind of like all the primitives are there to make a cooler client if I was so inclined. So now, like in my mind, like, oh, what if I tried to make a client? Maybe I'll do it in Flutter so it will it'll ship on all things, you know, like getting excited oh. about that. But then Whoa. there's this little funky thing, and I'm I'm done talking about after this because I know this is so esoteric, but I feel like 90 plus percent of the game is a Windows. People just, gamer nerds, just the history of this game. It's just largely played on Windows. The client on Windows is way nicer. It's easier to get Lich installed on Windows, yada, yada. So these scripts sometimes have a setup. So you'll type my script setup and it'll bring up a UI with like tabs and crap. And the UI is Windows. It win- has Windows tabs at the top of it. So it'll be like, okay. what commands do you want to run? What are blah, blah. And there'll be tabs at the top that you switch between them. And that's obviously Windows specific. So it's a little hard to run those on a Mac. But you can through this ancient thing called Xquartz, which is oh. this... It was like shipped in OS 10.5, which is 10 versions ago of Mac OS, but it would run the Windows system on a Mac. So you could bring up Windows and and it's, 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 uh, it's really funny, but I managed to get it working by like backporting a million things and homebrew and blah, blah, blah. And it's so funny. I can type script setup and this ancient Windows interface comes up in which to configure these scripts. And I'm like, so anyway, there's (laughs) Uh, a, well, I'm wondering like, is, is this not popular on Linux? You know what I mean? Like, is this not a... No, you can't get it running at all on Linux. You can get the the command line curses thing going just fine. Um, yeah. But the Windows, it's just as this little culture that the people that made some of these best scripts used this windowing system for setup because it's so much more u- user-friendly. And it doesn't just port to any... It doesn't port to anything else, you know? Yeah. You'd have to write a... Like, the Windows system on Mac is called Metal, I think, or there was one. And, you know, the, the trick would be to get these scripts to use the Windows system or Metal. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, like this the is... the windowing system. This is this is deep in the weeds, so we can stop here. But I'm, 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 no, I'm no. just excited about the possibility of writing a an app that's based on some of these some of this tech, you know? Like, what would that be like, you know? I don't even know where to start. I'm just surprised like neckbeards haven't like explored this territory. You know, that just seems like very, I don't know, but 
you know, if they haven't, they haven't. But yeah, the player I, base of the game is just not big enough for that. So there's there's plenty of nerds, but there's you know, it's just not there's just not enough. But if it's just a if it, I mean essentially you're getting, like if if it's just a I'm thinking like buttons that call functions that's scripts. It. Yeah, that's it. So you could use JavaScript. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. why couldn't you? Why could I mean? There's probably a bunch of reasons why you couldn't, but like. If you, I don't know, it seems like possible, but. Uh, it does. And there's all kinds of hooks you can hook into because once you got this thing going, you have access to essentially these global variables. Like there's one called game object and the game object has all kinds of interesting stuff in it that you can just ask for and it will give it to you, which gives you the possibility of making these little widgets that are like, how is my health bar? And you could program yeah. a little health bar that just has has access to that, which is I think is 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 cool. And and I think some of the work is done. That's why I was talking about lich and profanity and these things too. Is that somebody already wrote the code that like can connect to the game and and output some crap, you know? So it's all I want to build is yeah. yeah, it's getting data. So I just want to make a window that has that crap in it. And just add mm-hmm. some UI around it that that runs, but also is kind of like maybe it's like Dockerized or something because some of this stuff sup- runs on some very specific gems, some very specific crap you got to homebrew in and alter a little bit. So the pain of that is is significant. Like I had to work with this. You know, <laughs> I don't want to call him a neckbeard because I love the guy. He was amazing. How patient he was with me. It took us a week <laughs> of of d- building crap from source and giving this all the way to get this working for me. And he doesn't even work for the company. He was just a nice guy that just gave me tons of time, uh, which makes me feel like I t- need to find ways to pay it forward to other people. And I have been, but you know, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause well, it's just incredible just, how nice he was. Even just writing out how this works, you know, like, right. We did. So, we updated like, the wiki for the site and all that stuff. Just writing it out is, is useful, but it's too hard and it's going to get harder. It's not getting any easier. So that's why it's like somebody needs to package this crap up and throw it in a virtual box or something just so it like can never, like, you can just use it forever. But ideally you don't even have to run a virtual box. Ideally it's just an app and you just double click it and you open it and it works, you know. So what do you modernize and what do you containerize? I don't know. Anyway. Well, that's why you want to go web tech, man. Yeah. Get into get into just an electron app that people can use. I mean, yeah, shoot. right. Could so be. I kind of want to write all this up and then talk to the company and be like, you have like a web version of this. Like maybe that's the way to go here is that we make the web version of it super good. That way yeah. it's th- that way you don't need any third party stuff. You just use the website, yeah. When you may, I don't know if they want like a big dearth of users, but maybe that's part of it too. Like maybe there needs oh, to be a point do. of entry, a port of entry for casuals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, right. You cannot play this game casually. I'd, I mean, I think you kind of can in the beginning, but I think you hit a wall pretty early on that's like, this is tedious and all this other stuff makes it fun instead of tedious. And I think that's just kind of a big deal, you know? This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by WooCommerce. Now, WooCommerce is a WordPress plugin, you know, for your WordPress site that brings super powerful e-commerce to your WordPress site. I've used it on and off over the years. And now I'm back on, on CSS Tricks. I have been loving using it recently. For one thing, um, you've heard Dave and I talk about this. I published a quote-unquote book on the site, and it's largely just blog posts that I specially wrote, specially designed, specially created, and put in a special place on the site, and all together and kind of wrapped it up, and all those are chapters of a book that, you know, then you can go read it online and print it out if you need to or whatever. It's not really an ebook. It's definitely not a printed book, but I'm calling it a book, and it's available on CSS Tricks, and it's behind a paywall, and that paywall is powered by WooCommerce. 
commerce. That's what enables that to be. And it couldn't have been easier. You know, I have, um, and I tied it to a subscription too. So that's the way you read it is that you become, and I did this this way on purpose. I designed it, the e-commerce this way on purpose is that you become an MVP supporter of the site. And the kind of the main thing you get is access to this book, but there's other benefits too. Not to mention just feeling good about supporting the site, but I remove the ads from the site for you. Um, and, you know, then you're logged in so you can kind of participate in the social features of the site, you know, without having to like type in your name and stuff like that when you're commenting uh, and a few other features. Now, that was pretty easy to wire up. All those APIs are available with, with WooCommerce uh, and just love how kind of easy it was. Now I write a new blog post. It's a custom post type, attach it to the book, and then I can just scroll to the bottom of the editor and say, put that one behind the paywall. And if I wanted like one chapter to be free, I just don't lock it behind the paywall. It's kind of like the flip of a switch. Uh, and it's, you know, it, that's just the tip of the iceberg of the powerful things WooCommerce can do. Another thing I'm doing with it is that I've attached an on-demand print provider and had custom poster designs done by Lynn Fisher, who's just oh, the best. Uh and these posters are, are are sold in WooCommerce. So they're just like a product on the site, like a t-shirt or a hat or whatever. Only they're not t-shirts and hats, they're posters. So you buy the poster, it ships off to this on-demand printing provider, you get this beautiful poster in the mail, uh, and I sell it right on my own website and take the money right on my own website. It's just so cool. So just the implementation of WooCommerce on CSS Tricks has just been super smooth and super empowering, and I love it. They also have new navigation Coming for WooCommerce, there, we'll put a link in the show notes of to test the prototype of it. You know, like I think that's kind of a big deal. You know, software products when you change up what it looks like and how you use it, it's like fundamental. It's like part of the day to day of using software, and so that's changing. And they're getting feedback, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, packaging things up, yes. Uh, so here's something I've been thinking. I think you posted about this or, or something or tweeted or. But you know how there's there's Netlify, right? We love Netlify here. Mm-hmm. Wonderful sponsor of the show. Um, the they have if you switch over to Git LFS, yep, you can do that little question mark W equals one twenty, right, right, and right. it'll auto resize your images. Yeah, which is really awesome. It really is awesome. Although I have my issues with Git LFS, but. <laughs> I know where you're going. See, I, I think. Oh, I'm curious where the what the issues are. But. Well, it's like it's not it's not it's not nice for everybody else who works on the project. Like everybody else also has to set up Git LFS. It's like a barrier for entry for for working together with people for team based development. No, that totally makes sense. Um, so, like, so I I love that aspect, and it's got me thinking about like an image machine because I you know I have a folders images folders uh, on my in my blog and it's like forty megs right now or something like that. So every time I deploy my site, you know it's it's Git diff, so it's a lot less because I don't always add images. But you know my repo has forty megs of images sitting in it, and that's just blog posts for the last ten years. Okay, um, and so I was kind of just sitting around the other day, um, you know, chat we're in, but like just asking like, what, what's the, is there a command line tool to like run against all these images to like whatever auto optimize these. And, and I, you know, there's a lot of like stuff you can do, like, like tools that will, uh, do like lossy optimization. There's lossless and lossy. Like lossless means the image quality stays the same. Lossy is the image quality dips to give you more compression gains um, and or sizing gains. Um, but but because I work with designers, I can't always do the lossy compression because they'll notice um, if I messed up an image too much. So I just really want the lossless stuff. But I want some a tool that goes through and does all that stuff. And so uh, kind of like dug around and there's a lot of scripts you can do. There's a lot of performance gains you can do, um, but there's like two things like image min, uh, which was recommended. So by that's a CLI CLI. Yeah. And so it, it has like five plugins like by default and you can add different plugins too and, and kind of program it into a script. Um, but it'd be like, you know, it'll compress your JPEGs. It'll compress, 
or like whatever reason shrink your jpegs shrink your pngs shrink your web peas and stuff like that but it got me thinking like I, I want like an automated image machine that like will losslessly optimize these jpegs pngs svgs web peas it'll also cut a web p version if i don't have it you know so that that web p version has it and any image has this server or whatever this image machine has this query based param resizing that Netlify has like I would just love that because how many times are you like writing a a picture element or something like that and you're just like dude I'm just gonna give you the source image and you just spit me out a small one um, I want that and there's services that do this like Cloudinary or like Netlify or this thing called Thumbor which is interesting yeah. but you know it's like do you like do you pay a service for that? Or like, wouldn't it be cool if just every server had these functionalities in them, you know, like, like that I could turn on or something. I don't right, know. Or right. Like, right. I wonder if even the, I don't know. I don't think browsers can do it. Cause it needs to be an image format level thing probably, or it's gotta be server, server power, but you're right. That's okay. There's two fundamental things happening here though. One of them is you're looking around for like, I got a bunch of images I know they're not optimized at all. They could be way better. I just want to do that on my machine so that it's so, so that it's handled, but be, do it with the CLI so it's kind of easy. It's batched up and you don't have to think about yeah. it. Maybe it's even part of your local build process or something. But now you've altered those images from their originals before they even go out. Right, right. And that's problematic to me. Not like pro, not like terrible, like I would just do it anyway. Like that's not that big of a deal. But there's something kind of cool about just keeping your originals the originals. Always. Just even if it's just gnarly, if it's huge, just huge and just super high quality, you know, whatever. At least you got it. At least you didn't mess with that. And then every time you use it from a server, the server is interfering and in making sure that at least it's optimized, at least it's being served in the format that's appropriate for who's asking for it. And then additionally, like you said, there's parameters to control it. So if you want to resize it, you just resize it on the fly and that kind of thing. That's the best of both worlds. Now you have the best possible optimizations and you still have the original. And I think that's just a powerful concept. And it's not that hard to do because, I don't know, on my WordPress site, that's how I do it. I upload the, the biggest one and Jetpack gets involved and, and does all the resizing and serving of it appropriately. On CodePen, we have our system cooked up and we run it through Cloudflare and Cloudflare Workers, which means we have those same kind of parameters that we can do. Um, Cloudinary is the best in the business because they just do, they can optimize better than anybody else and... Uh, it's just some stuff they can do that's uh, kind of above and beyond their their parameters and stuff. Image Optum does a great job. You, what's this Thumbelina? <laughs> Thumbor in in like a there was a, a old web dev article. Um, and I let's see Thumbor. I'm just gonna search them. It, it's basically like a it's optimized images with Thumbor is what the title of the article is. Um, but it's it's basically like your own personal image CDN. I don't know how like r- me running my own digital ocean like becomes an image CDN because <laughs> that's essentially what it is. Like you upload your stuff to a digital ocean, and that becomes your like mm, Thumbor okay. uh, machine. And then, but then how do you know? Then then you need like the CDN backbone, right? Like like it has to go to every computer in the world. Um, so yeah. how? How do I get the CDN? I mean, I guess I could just throw Cloudflare in front of that. That's another option. But now, now I'm getting complex. I run a DigitalOcean and a Cloudflare just to make my images go to the right. website. And so you, but you can't just use Cloudflare alone because Cloudflare doesn't offer the hosting. And you can use, so you'd have to you have to host it somewhere anyway. That's how image. ImageX works too is that it expects you to put it in a bucket and then you attach like bucket policy stuff to the S3 bucket and oh, so it's still hey buckets hey bucket policy go ahead I don't think you actually have to edit <laughs> yeah. the actual policy okay. uh, it's like their bucket policy it's their like you've attached this ImageX like 
bucket to that bucket. I don't know. It's just a thing. But they don't offer the hosting either. Cloudinary is distinct in that they do offer the hosting, but sometimes you like almost like don't want the hosting. You know, like I kind of don't want you to be the source of truth for these images. And now they offer that kind of URL format too, where they'll pull it from somewhere else. That's kind of cool. But that not this freaking complicated? Like I enjoy thinking about all this, but it's a Rube Goldberg machine sometimes. You know? Well, that's it. Um, for me, it's like, like I want to do the best. I want to minimize whatever I put online. Like, that's like on my end. So that's the automatic image optimization. Like, wouldn't that be cool? Like a pre-commit build, I just minify, boom, zoom, it's up. Uh, but then, like, I think you were showing me there's a Netlify image optim build process too i could like inject that and make sure that everything happens on the build mm, process. well let's not confuse those too it's not this is not the git lfs thing but this is just like a it just it's one of their build plugins right so it which is kind of a new thing it is a new thing and some of them you write and i've written my own i think they're cool to write because it's kind of like just some node javascript that you write that says hey run this on my stuff at this hook, like before it runs or after it runs or yada, yada. There's like eight hooks that take the thing. But then there's this ecosystem of them too, which do the same things that the handwritten ones do. They're just already handwritten and they're kind of blessed by Netlify saying these are like good, they're functional, they work. And then one of them is image optimization. So you just literally click a button and then on that Netlify build process, any image that it finds, it's going to optimize and I don't know what the, you know, I don't think you have a lot of control. I don't think you can say, do it losslessly or lossfully or do it only to this degree or use these particular CLI products to do it. It's trying to be a little more chill than that. Just be like, I don't know. It optimizes them. Press the button. You're going to love it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's well, that's what any kind of just push a button and it's fixed. That's yeah. where I like, I don't, that's Dave Rupert's, uh, anti-establishment uh, <laughs> bone where I can't use any product and just be happy with my life that kicks in. Um, <laughs> and, and same with cloudinary. It's like, Oh no, that then I wouldn't own it for whatever that means. But like, <laughs> uh, but again, these services are great, but uh, yeah, I'm just, so I want the automatic like on in my code base. And then I want the automatic on the server. It goes for the totally the separate machine. things. Totally separate. Um, and then we're just talking about images, right? Like how to put a friggin' wi- image on a web page. But mm-hmm. there's video too. There's audio. You know, the, these things have problems too. And and you could host it yourself, but then you're gonna hit like bandwidth problems. I mean, we rack when we were hosting MP3s for the Shop Talk show, like at 30 megs a pop, like we ran up a pretty good. Amazon bill mm-hmm, <laughs> for mm-hmm. us. Don't put them I on S three. That's expensive. <laughs> that did not work for us, but um, it was it was about two hundred a month or something like that. It was not fun. That was stupid though. It's it's just different now. Like you could do it now, and then I'd put Cloudflare in front of it now, or cl- or cl- or even the Amazon one. What's the cloud? Front, front. So yeah, cloud, cloud guy. Just put some kind of caching in front of it, and our bill would have dropped to nothing. You know. Yeah, because it treated everything as like a unique request. Yeah, and that's not what S three is for. It's not a CDN. It's not. It's just storage, and you need to like front it appropriately. Isn't that? You know, that's just too hard. Um. It's just too anyway. So I've been it is. I've been it's thinking about these image machines. I, I would love to like have something. I don't know, you know, if it's like roll my own or or maybe I the easiest thing for me is this Netlify kind of path, you know, with their Git LFS and their like query parameters. Maybe that gets me most of the way there. Um, I don't think it does auto web P's or anything at this point, but uh, um, I think it does. Really? I okay, think, well, how, how could it not? That would be well, weird well, well. if it didn't. That seems like the core benefit to me because there is a lot of, and I, I just read an article today that kind of questioned this premise, but I I questioned their premise. <laughs> oh, <They're, laughs> well, who, who questions the question? I mean, you measure one JPEG and it's it has the data, then what's the you know? I don't know what there is to argue there. Uh, but the idea is that we have some, and we know this at scale at CodePen because 
for example, this was a big one that we just fixed. You know, we would take screenshots and throw them in a bucket and 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 serve them in variety of formats. We use them in the grid. We use them for social media, whatever. There are tens of millions of screenshots on CodePen. That's just one for each pen, not to mention the fact that we don't even have a super good re- re- Reaper. We like, if you change that JPEG, we keep your old image too. Well, that's got to change, you know what I mean? So there's, you know, probably hundreds of millions of screenshots on CodePen. Largely served as just whatever came out of Puppeteer, you know, kind of like, mm-hmm. And we, that's not true because we eventually we started running them through Kraken, which is like an API for optimizing thing. Yet another, yet another part of the Rube Goldberg machine of images. You know, they have a yeah. API for it too. We didn't even talk about APIs because there's CLIs, APIs, and anyway. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. But we just we just decided to get it out of there and not optimize it during the process, but put it in the bucket and then let Cloudflare's image optimization stuff that can sit in front of images, which is, you know, it's not as robust as um, Cloudinaries, but it's but but it's fast, 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 you know, and Cloudflare is just best in the business for that kind of the kind of stuff. And so we had a million PNGs and JPEGs that are all now being served as WebP. It is as dramatic as 90%. Like some of those WebPs are 10% of the size as their originals were. That is mega dramatic. And that's the only thing we changed, you know, not the size or anything. Uh, so, I, yeah. so I think if if your image CDN does one thing in that serve WebP when it can, that's epic, you know. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I think WebP is like the, that's the main requirement because uh, again, like I can't even author a WebP, you know, Photoshop doesn't spit out WebP as, no. as far as I know. Um, and so I need a machine to do that. I might as well let the server do that. But then while I'm doing that, could you just please losslessly compress everything and give me query param sizing? Thank you. Good night. Uh, yeah, your requirements are fairly chill. You're not asking for the world. You don't need to rotate them. You don't need to apply a sepia filter. You're not trying to add a water stamp to your photography no, images. No, 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 no. Don't overcomplicate it. And then deliver it over a CDN. That's sort of the last big, like, yeah, big and CDN. It. Yep, yep, yep. Like, because that's that's assets, almost so. as important as WebP. Like, if you're serving, because that gets that ping time yeah. super low for people and stuff. It's also incredibly important. Yeah. I got to tell you, at the moment, running it, having Cloudflare as part of that stack is is the way to go. I think cloud you need Cloudflare and like which I think Nellify uses to some degree, or you need I don't think Cloudinary do. kind of or something. Okay, I don't think only because they're they really discourage they you using it. Yeah, they might use it like internally or something, but they don't love it when you put Cloudflare in front of a Netlify site only because it's like, oh. I think it duplicates a lot of the effort. Like the cache busting then becomes more complicated and the headers get weirder. And and they're, I, it's not that they, you know, you can do whatever you want. It's not like they're mad at you for it, but they're just kind of saying, you don't need it because we do all that stuff too. So if you think you need it, you probably don't need it. And I don't know how always how 100% through that is because I think a, there's probably stuff that they both do that are uniquely cool. But it, I don't. I generally don't think it's worth it and pr- and probably not suggestible to, 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 to do it because it'll cause you more grief than it's worth, I think. I don't know. So if anyone knows of this magic machine that exists, please email me. I would love to know. <laughs> And hopefully it costs zero dollars. That's my uh, only other. That's my fifth requirement. Zero dollars. Yeah. How do you self-host the? I mean, if you're putting Cloudflare in front of it anyway, you don't need the because they'll do the params for you. But it, let's say you didn't want to use that. You didn't want to use Netlify or Cloudflare. You wanted to self-host a URL param image situation. Who's doing that? What's the what's the Ruby gem for that, babe boy? <laughs> well, that's where I think this Thumbboard thing comes oh, in. Oh, yeah, you're but, right. But that's like a Thumbboard to a DigitalOcean. So I'm paying $5 a month for a DigitalOcean, you know, plus hosting, plus bandwidth, plus, you know? Yeah. It's, it's going to rack up. I haven't seen this. This um, is cool. Uh, I can put a link in our little show notes oh, about see, use I, Thumbboard. I, I, I'm, I, I'm already against their... <laughs> Um, their URL format. 
And I, because I, I, I think Cloudinary does this to, 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 to some degree that I don't like is that it puts some of the options within the URL not as query parameters, but as like part of the path. I'm like, don't oh, do double, that. Yeah, Mm-mm. double HTTPS sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like image slash 300 by 200 slash something slash. You're like, no, 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 no. Put them all as query params because for a good reason cuz then that that URL object in javascript you can use to like manipulate stuff more better yeah and well and it's a little like easier to yeah it's just a little easier to read right like like when you're going down all the parameters are at the end they're named you know? um, they're named parameters yeah, yeah named parameter well in and, and like that's basically what you're doing like you just want parameters that you parse i also think about this in a different re- like uh, this is particularly design system work. Um, but do you know what like a DAM is? Digital asset manager. Mm. Like it's like no. where big companies have like fancy design teams, and they'll all put their assets in this digital asset manager. Like yeah, of you know, course, whatever right. Vogue magazine, they just put all the photos they took into the big thing, and then. People can source right, those like a photos. Dropbox folder isn't good enough because this needs to have like names and metadata and comments, accreditation, and, yeah, like you know, sourcing fees, like cost of use and things. Yeah, sure, I, it goes wild. Um, so, but but it would be cool. Like when you build a design system, you always need like a fake hero image, you know, and you know, I use like Lorem Pixum or whatever or Placeholder or Phil Murray, you know. I, I use all these like yeah, yep. fake image services. Place Bear is another good one. Um, but like, it would be cool if I had this image machine and I could take some of my clients' very fancy, good photography and poke it, <laughs> plop it into this image machine, and then then build my own images as we go, like the, with the cropping and the sizing. Oh, and the that everything. would be like, awesome! Wouldn't that be so radical? I because like. Even just, I mean, because you always need whatever, like, whatever photo with person using device. Yeah, it could be another oh. named parameter. Send me a couch. Okay. We'll pull it from yeah. the couch folder then. I'll try to find the best couch. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, it would be cool, like, if that exists, like, build your own placeholder it kind of basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. Golly. I hate to I hate to I'm, tell you again, but like Cloudflare workers is gonna be your your buddy here. Oh jeez. I'm telling you, dude, they're they're really cool and they're totally built for this. But so that will that will I I write a little program using image magic or something, like JS image magic or something, right? Is that how that works? And then it'll say, Oh, you requested this, oh there's query params, oh I'm gonna intercept this and yeah, well, it gives you this layer that you can say, let me just look at these query params, make some decisions, write some logic, maybe make another fetch request based on what I see there or something. It just gives you this layer where you can write code based on the URL that you get to make choices about what you want to return and then return that. But it does it at the CDN level and real fast, you know? It doesn't. You don't have to spin up a web server to do this. You don't need the DigitalOcean box in between. Like, I don't know. They're just they're real cool. They get on board. All right. Well, I just you know that's one of the not to. That's one of the things. It's like I'm sure I can find value out of it. I just need the project. I just need the time. Yep. Exactly. And I just need the and and as soon I as you do, you'll know ten times more about them than I will. You know, I'm just I'm just the yeah. the canary that likes to sprinkle good ideas to to the people. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I I'm definitely into it. I've been dragging my feet. Like like I've got a couple of things. Like I, I want to make a little like puppeteer screenshotter, you know, like, like y'all have probably for code pen or something, but do that in a function, you know, like, like go get me a screenshot of this page or something. Or yeah. like, uh, in fact, that one's so common that you're almost better off using somebody else's API to do it than writing your own. I mean, you might, you might get the old Dave Rupertometer out and be like, Oh shoot, I need more control than they offer. But Unfortunately, that one gets complicated because you have to deal with like timeouts and, and like, I don't know, like, like, are you happy with the font rendering? Are you cool with like the weird oh, Linux yeah. emojis that happen? You know, like, there's all these all these little edge cases that that other APIs have commoditized and made it cheap and easy. 
Oh, that's a good word. That's a good word. <laughs> well, and I also, there's also like weird stuff, right? Like you, you like, I want a picture of the account page. And well, if you go to slash account with a robot, yeah. it just gets a, you need a, off. Yeah. You need to sign in. And so you're just like, how do you do accounts? Oh, well, I'll make a query parameter a, called admin equals true. Password. <laughs> I'll shoot right in there. Social security number. <laughs> yeah. Niner. Yeah. Oh, but uh, we have done a little too much of that in our lives. Whoops. That makes, anyway, on the next show, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> how I think you should have to have a permit to write artificial intelligence. So <laughs> that'll be a cliffhanger. Oh, wow. That's really good. And then we got to zero questions from the audience. Let's make next show all questions from the audience. We can do all questions, uh, and and I will uh, will let everyone know my my theory that ever you need to I uh, cannot wait have personally. a license to to yep. do write AI. That's uh yep. anyway. So all right, totally well, cool. separate. We'll wrap. I'll say we'll that wrap it up. Thank you. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, to have a kid to too. License, license. Maybe like just <laughs> at least like a certificate. I'm like, just kidding. I actually don't actually believe that. So don't draw it right to me. I have not thought it all through yet. I just was throwing it out there. Okay. <laughs> a certificate at least. All right. So thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your uh, podcast of choice. Be sure to start heart favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on Twitter at shop talk show, 10 streets a month. Hey, your job. Oh boy, I don't know if I can help you in this economy. No, I'm just actually there's a handful of shop. jobs there still. It's I'll tell you, it's not booming, but there's well, they're there. Automatic notably has lots of jobs available. There you go, and I know I know lots of people. I know people looking for work. I know people who are hiring. So um, be sure to check that out. Shoptalkshow.com/jobs. Uh, people want to hire you. And Chris, you got anything else you'd like to see? Oh, shoptalkshow.com. <laughs>